and I'll do the audio now. Hello, my rebels. Wow, what a what a night it was last night. Just before midnight, we got an email from the Conservative Party of Canada saying that really one of the front runners, Patrick Brown, was disqualified for running for the leadership of the Conservative Party. Shocking release at a shocking hour. And then Patrick Brown responded even later saying he himself was shocked. Very interesting. And who he blames for it, well, I'll give you a hint, he blames us. We got a big show for you today. We're going to talk about that, including with the journalist who really set things in motion, our friend David Menzies. First, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. You get the video version of this podcast. Today, it's very important because I'm going to show you two video investigations that David and our reporter Lincoln J did. And that's what Patrick Brown says did it. So I want you to see those, the videos, with your own eyes. Go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. You get my daily show. And we have four weekly shows. That's 36 episodes a month. Just for eight bucks. And, you know, it's important to us because that's the money that we pay our bills, pay our staff. We don't take any money from Trudeau. We're not like the CBC. So please consider going to rebelnewsplus.com, clicking subscribe. You get the video version and the satisfaction of helping us stay strong. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, Patrick Brown is forced out of the Conservative Party leadership race. We'll tell you what really happened. It's July 6th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Well, sometimes I like to go to bed early. Sometimes I stay up late. I'm glad I stayed up late last night because... Seriously, close to midnight, the Conservative Party of Canada sent out this unusual press release. Unusual, including the fact that it was sent out at nearly midnight. It was written by Ian Brody, who's the head of the leadership uh, uh, committee that's, that is running the contest for the Conservative Party of Canada. And he announced that Patrick Brown, one of the front runners, I would say the second place most likely to win front runner, Patrick Brown was disqualified for misconduct, for financial misconduct and shady business. They didn't detail that shady business, saying that there were other investigations afoot, including, said Ian Brody, that they had referred the matter to the government because there may be violations of the Canada Elections Act. That's quite something to learn uh, coming up on midnight. But also last night, the Patrick Brown campaign fired back, saying it was all unsubstantiated gossip, that there was no basis for it. And more to the point, there was no due process. They were not allowed to challenge these things in a proper way. And although I am not sympathetic to Patrick Brown, there may be something to that. The fact that there was this secrecy of what was alleged, well, I don't know if that's true, but the press release that Ian Brody put out did not really particularize things. It's a big deal, though, because taking Patrick Brown out raises a lot of questions. Will his people that he signed up bother to remain conservative at all? Will he throw his weight behind someone else, perhaps Jean Charest? 
Will it be a cakewalk for Pierre Polyev, who appears to be the front runner? Will this demoralize the party, cause some sort of a civil war? I don't know, but I certainly went to bed wondering about what I had just read in the late hours. Well, this morning, Patrick Brown did the radio circuit in sort of a woe is me, I've been hard done by tour. Maybe he's right, by the way. But he said on radio twice that the reason he was knocked out, at least he implied this, was because of little old us. Rebel News. You hear some chuckling in the background. My friend David Menzies is just off camera. I'll introduce him in a moment. But let me play for you uh, Patrick Brown on radio denouncing Rebel News for his downfall. Take a listen. Outside, we spoke to two of your deputy mayors, a city councilor and a regional councilor, who all said that they're very concerned about the city of Brampton. They said this doesn't make Brampton look good. Not only that, they said that they're not surprised that there's been financial irregularities at the city level as well. And they also said that there was a whistleblower within the city that uh, says that you used city resources for your leadership campaign. Is any of this true, and what's your response? So um, they're referring to the rebel media video. I don't consider rebel media um, to be media. They're extreme right-wing um, activists. Um, we do have a debate at City Hall, and that's the other hat I wear as, as mayor. Um, there's a 5-5 five, five, um, division, um, and there was five councillors who wanted to illegally appoint a councillor before um, MPP Williams was elected. The city clerk has said they can't do that. The city solicitor has said they can't do that. That was obviously a TV interview where he was blaming Rebel News. He may not think of us as news, but, you know, it was news and people certainly watched us. Uh, he kept at that theme, blaming us. Here's another version of that. Well, I saw some stuff on YouTube and there was something about a Rebel News thing. I wonder if Rebel News was involved in this by chance. Uh, if Patrick knows anything about it. Okay, uh, Pat Brown. Yes, and, and first of all, you know, I've had a history of calling out rebel media for their history of Islamophobia, intolerance, and hate, and so I'm certainly uh, not someone that they support. They've been working very closely supporting Pierre Polyev's um, campaign, and they were one of the organizations that uh, lodged a complaint um, against me. Um, their complaint was false. It said that City of Brampton staff were working on my campaign during work hours, which was incorrect, but uh, the caller is absolutely correct. Uh, Rebel Media was part of this. And I have to say, you know, Aaron O'Toole, Andrew Shear refused to do media interviews with Rebel, given their history. Um, this is another example of how Pierre Pauly have, you know, aside from wanting to ban childhood vaccines for polio and measles and his bizarre policy on crypto... Well, there's Patrick Brown on the radio blaming us once again. But you know what? The common sense of the common people was strong today. Here's the next caller saying, yeah, no. Um, what about the actual proof that was in that David Menzies report? Take a listen. Scott, what, what were you going to ask him? Well, I, I saw the same thing the other person did, and they showed the employees' cars. They, they blocked out the license plate numbers, but they showed the employees' cars, and then they showed the employees' faces and and listed what they did for the city and who they worked for none of them have taken a leave of absence and they're all up at this secret campaign place in Newmarket. i mean what's going on with that and then when none of us could go play hockey everything was shut down they got film of this guy with his hockey bag and they were at the brampton arena playing hockey with all of his friends when the rest of us couldn't go what you know this 
I'm glad the conservatives got rid of this guy. This guy is nothing but trouble. Okay, I appreciate that. Now, now, and that may be your view. And, and look, there's a lot of people that want like the guy, and there are a lot of people that don't. There are a lot of supporters of Mr. Polyev or Mr. Sheree or Mr. Aitchison or Mr. Faber or Ms. Lewis. I totally... Well, there you have it. Uh, joining us now in studio, right next to me, in fact, is our friend David Menzies, mission specialist, who was the investigative journalist who had those two huge scoops. First, that Patrick Brown was having secret hockey games with his buddies when the arenas were locked down to you and I. And second, that great expose of city staff working for Patrick Brown. He claims not on city time. David, great to see you again. Great to see you. I, I give you great credit for your investigative journalism. It certainly uh, showed Patrick Brown in a very critical light. And I have no doubt that it undermined his support because it made him look sneaky and unethical. That said, I must also guard against taking too much credit <laughs> in that he may be blaming you yep. for his uh, ouster. There may be other things we don't even know about. There may be other financial irregularities that he really did. I don't know. And he's he would rather blame us than, what did he say, hate and racism or whatever. He would rather blame your journalism than what he may actually be in trouble for, because we don't know exactly what the allegations are. You know, you're absolutely right. Uh, Mr. Brody, who's chair of the Leadership Election Organizing Committee, his quote was, serious allegations of wrongdoing, uh, end quote, uh, related to financing rules. And that mm. can mean anything. Is, mm. But my goodness, there's so much to unpack. When he says the history of Islamophobia that we have, that's going to come as shocking news to our chair, Raheel Raza, who I believe is a practicing Muslim. Anyway, <laughs> this is par for the course for Patrick Brown. He gets caught in some shady dealings yeah. or some lie. Uh, he's exposed and he plays the victim card. What was me? I don't know if he actually cried like he did in January 2018 right. when he was frog marched uh, out of the PC party of Ontario. Mm -hmm. But um, in regard to the six employees, and we showed you their names or mm -hmm. titles, mm -hmm. um, the top one being Babu Nagalangam, mm -hmm. chief of staff for the mayor, mm -hmm. we have chronicled their visits to the secret Vaughn headquarters. Mm -hmm. And three of them did get back to me and say that we took an unpaid leave of absence. Well, I'm kind of like Clara Peller, you know, the old lady in the Wendy's ads, where's the beef? Yeah. I said, okay, maybe I got it wrong. Show me your leave of absence. Show me your papers. Mm -hmm. Radio silence, yeah. Ezra. You know, and that's the thing. You tried to get Patrick Brown himself to answer you. You even followed him to a police station when he ran away from you. <laughs> yeah. You put sent emails to all the people in question. You did excellent journalism. I remember when you were putting that story together, we held back publishing it for days and days Correct. to give Patrick Brown and his team a chance to answer. And by the way, Ian Brody, and I, I'm not saying I trust Ian Brody, by the way, but he claims that the Patrick Brown campaign did not sufficiently answer these things. Well, I can find that plausible because he did not answer you. Patrick Brown himself refuses to answer legitimate questions right. and sorry, just saying, well, you guys are racist. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a bit of a Trudeau move to avoid accountability. Um, I want to give you credit for the journalism you did in both the hockey rink event and uh, the secret campaign headquarters. I think it had some effect on the campaign. Whether or not it was caused, what caused him to be disqualified, I don't know. We will probably find out. I'm glad that his BS spin was called out by an ordinary person on the radio. That tells me that there's a lot of uh, people out there who their spider senses are tingling yes. with Patrick Brown. I mean, 
once, twice, three times an ethical scandal. Maybe there's something about this guy. Oh, and now there's a whisper that he's going to legally challenge uh, the Conservative Party of Canada. I'm on sure this. he will. And maybe he should, by the way, flush it out, smoke it out. And here's the question, Ezra. You know that's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. to mount that challenge. Mm -hmm. Who's paying for that? Yeah, well, Patrick Brown seems to have no problem getting access to funds. You know what? Yeah. And although he may deserve to be disqualified, I'm not against him suing and forcing the party to put up a shut up. Yeah. And maybe he'll live to regret that if yes. they if they reveal it. Uh, he's playing a, a rough game. When you sue someone, you have to disclose in the civil court any document touching on it. Your private emails. That's right. Your records. So you cannot, especially if there's financial matters, you can't sue without exposing the facts. I I mean, maybe he will sue, but it would be shocking to me if Patrick Brown, with his iffy history, said, I'm willing to open the kimono for everyone to look. I don't think he wants to. Uh, I agree with you. I think transparency for Patrick Brown is like kryptonite for Superman. Yeah. Uh, we, we have, you know, also today, this was just put out, Ezra, it is from five Brampton city councillors mm -hmm. who are absolutely livid our viewers might not know this with all the shenanigans with the Conservative Party of Canada stuff, but in the city of Brampton, of which Patrick Brown is mayor, yeah. um, there has been three council meetings canceled, and tonight there's another one scheduled. It will be canceled. So that's four in a row, mm -hmm. Ezra, because uh, Patrick convinces his uh, council minions not uh, not to show up so they don't have a quorum. Yeah, we, and, and we heard him talk about that, and he was defending it as some sort of noble act. Imagine months <laughs> going by and you refuse to let the city hall meet because you're afraid that they'll undermine your political ambitions in some way. Like, he really should quit as mayor and, and run, but he is... So Brampton's a, a big city. For those folks who aren't in Ontario, it's a big city. Yes. Like, there's a lot going on in Brampton. Yeah. It's, it's part of the greater Toronto area, but it's, own, it's own, its own city. To simply say we're going to stop city business for months because I'm busy running a campaign, that's crazy. I and, agree. And read the headline. What's that press release say? Okay. It says, after Patrick Brown's CPC disqualification, his scandalous time inside Brampton City Hall also needs to end. And what they're getting at, Ezra, here's the unspoken reason why Patrick Brown doesn't want to have a council meeting. They have on the agenda a motion for two forensic audits yeah. of uh, Mayor Brown. And I guess he's terrified of what those forensic audits yeah. uh, or investigations are going to determine. Yeah. A forensic audit is is a particular word. It's, it's not just, oh, show me that the numbers add up and I'll stamp it. It's Show me the underlying receipts. Yes. It's it's really digging deep. It's the kind of thing that financial crimes police do. They Correct. dig into it. They look into bank accounts like they 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 real it's a deep dive to look for shenanigans. And this guy has a track record of shenanigans. We set up a, a website called sneakypatrick.com <laughs> and I really encourage people to go to it. I want to give you a reminder for those of you who didn't see it the first time around. Let's start with the fun one, which fun in, in that it was just so startling and bizarre, but it, it really was a, a disaster for the children of Brampton. Yes. Children's sports was shut down. Ordinary people could not exercise. You were banned from gathering. You couldn't go to the beautiful hockey arena, but the mayor, Patrick Brown, and his buddies 
were meeting every week for a private game under the radar. You got a tip and you went there and you caught him, as they say, in flagrante delicto. That's a fancy way of saying hand in the cookie jar. The look on his face, I'll never forget it. This is David catching Sneaky Patrick the first time. Folks, um, we're getting the bums rush, but holy mackerel, I think I see Patrick Brown himself. How you doing? Mr. Brown, right? Yeah. David Manzi's with Rebel News. You're in, a, you're in a city facility? What's that? You're in a city facility? Yeah, so are yeah. you. Yeah. So, are you yeah. playing hockey here? Or? No, I'm just coming to check in our facility. So, okay, I'm going to we're gonna check you. You're, you're not supposed to be here, actually. Okay. We were told that uh, you play pickup here. Mr. Brown, how come uh, the kids in Brenton can only practice sports, but your buddies play hockey yeah so um, I don't know why um, you are harassing people in the city of Brampton but you shouldn't be oh who's harassing who you're you your guy handed out 122 bylaw violations in one week mr. Brown why is there a hockey game going on in this arena I thought you're only allowed to uh, practice sports not play them and who is paying the $1,000 a day, Mr. Brown, for this rink? Mr. Brown, are these taxpayer dollars being used for your buddies to play hockey on this rink? Or are you paying it? Or perhaps we'll lead Solomon. So Mr. Brown, why is it one law for me and one law for thee in this city? Mr. Brown. Wow, that was incredible. And that's why he's mad at you. Not that you're a racist, but you caught him, hands in the cookie jar, and then you got him a second time. And I just, sorry, go ahead. Oh, Ezra, and I was just going to say, that hockey story speaks volumes. And I'll tell you why. When you are a compulsive liar, yeah. their downfall is the failure to keep track of the lies. Right. Now, as you saw, he said he was there to inspect the facility. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Um, if you're there to inspect the facility, inspect it. By the way, who wears a $2,000 suit to yeah. check uh, Freon levels and the oil yeah. and the Zambon? And I didn't know that the mayor of Brampton did inspections. <laughs> It's, it's like the old 70s teacher. I'm a bikini inspector. Yeah, you know, that's that's a joke. You're not really a bikini inspector. There's no such thing. I'm a hockey rink inspector. Yeah. I inspect it by playing games. And yet we showed up. The hockey bag was there. Yeah, his name was on his hockey yes. bag. Yes. You know, now, uh, two weeks ago, as <laughs> there was a brief interview. Uh, Patrick Brown was on with our friend Jerry Agar of mm. News Talk 1010. And, Pat, and uh, Jerry Agar brought up this uh, thing about the hockey rink. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing he said was, uh, Jerry, you're sounding like uh, rebel media right mm -hmm. now. And he said, no, Patrick, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, speak to the facts of the matter. And what he said now was, Jerry, if you look back at that time, three weeks prior to me being, I'm paraphrasing right mm -hmm. now, being at the rink, Premier Ford had changed the rules allowing that. But wait a minute. He said... In 2020. And he was an uh, inspector. He was inspecting. Yeah. And he didn't do the inspection. And, and now, so if that's true, if the premier said, oh, yeah, go ahead, play hockey, then why didn't you suit up and play hockey? We know he loves to play hockey. It looks like he's going to have a lot of time to play hockey yeah. now. And and also on the bigger point of 
you know, pro uh, of this, um, you know, canceling council meetings thanks to a quorum not mm -hmm. being reached. Could you imagine him being prime minister? Oh, yeah. It, it would be endlessly proroguing parliament because something nasty yeah. might be asked He's in question. He's always in some sort of trouble. He's always <laughs> just barely. He's like a hustler. I don't know if you ever saw that movie called Uncut Gems. And uh, with, uh, who's he? Uh, Adam Sandler. It's the most stressful movie I've ever seen in my life of a guy who's got all these debts and he's in trouble with like five different people. And he's got this, it's like spinning plates and he doesn't want one of them to drop. That's Patrick Brown. He's got so many lies and so many ethical problems. He, I don't know how he doesn't collapse under nervousness, but... That hockey thing, it was it was telling. He's a liar. He was having fun while banning kids from playing. But take a look at, just a reminder, this was just outstanding investigative journalism. This is what really, well, this is what Patrick Brown blames for his ouster. This is when you caught him in a secret meeting, certainly in a secret office. There's nothing wrong with a secret office. Yep. But this is where the city staff are working for him. Take a look. We are here back at the secret headquarters of Patrick Brown. Incredibly, Babu's white uh, Audi is still here. I would have thought he would have hit the road too. That would have been the smart thing. Let's go inside and see if we can find Babu or any other city of Brampton staff who should be working for the taxpayers of Brampton, not for Sneaky Mayor Patrick Brown's campaign. And if they are, did they get a leave of absence? Uh, we'll be uh, very interested to see if we can document that. I'm sure that's what they're going to claim, but we want to see that in writing. In any event, let's go inside and see what we can find. Is he recording? Recording? Hey, how you doing there? We're just looking for uh, Babu. Is it recording? I am recording, sir, yes. Oh, John Natishan, how you doing there? How are you like that? <laughs> Anyways, I'm just wondering. Yeah, excuse me. Is, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh, oh, You're not me. allowed to be on this property. Oh, I'm asking you to leave now. Okay, where's very Babu? Much. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, don't squeeze my arm like oh, that. No, no, you're, you're um, leaving, right? How many uh, City of Brampton employees? Great. How are you doing? Yeah. How do you like that? It's great. Uh, Babu, Margaret Beveridge. What's uh, Can you can you get your hands off me? Uh, can you get out of the office? I am I am moving. No, but, uh, no, you're not moving. I'm I, I, you oh, is that right? I you thought you were. I, I thought you weren't involved um, in the. Uh, hang on a second. I thought you weren't involved. Do you have a release for me for that video? It doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. Why? No. Because we're we're practicing journalism. No, you're not. Yeah. Uh, uh, you as well. Where's I'm Babu? Please. His Audi is there. Is out, please. His Audi is there. Thank you very much. Have a great day. John, how, why did you lie about not being involved with the campaign? That was an incredibly exciting uh, video. And I should tell our viewers, I, I think you might have done a follow-up on this. You were investigated by uh, some serious cops. Yes. Because when the mayor tells the police chief,
investigate them. <laughs> I guess the police chief sort of better do it. And these cops did. And I remember they called you up at night and they called our friend Lincoln Jay, Correct. who was working on this with you. Yep. And I thought, oh my God, these cops are literally investigating you. But give them credit. They wrote a beautiful letter. Yes, they did. Saying... We're ending our investigation. What you did was clearly journalism in the public interest. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, you know, but what was so perverse about that, Ezra? Uh, Lincoln and I both got a call. I think it was after 10 p.m. on a yeah, Friday night. Yeah, like there's night. nothing more important than doing policing in Toronto. The same day of the, uh, the O.J. Simpson-style chase on the 407. And like you said... Um, in Peel region, what do we have? The crime de jour seems to be violent carjackings. Yeah. We got homicide. We got sex trafficking. We got gun crime. And you're telling me a detective that very night gets assigned and calls uh, Lincoln J and I. And of course, we pass it on to our lawyer yeah. who always does great work for us. And to their credit, like mm -hmm. you said, they realized this yeah. was a nothing burger. You know what? I, I didn't like the fact the cops called you. It felt like intimidation. Yeah. But I will give them credit. I mean, put yourself in the cop's position for one minute. Yes. The mayor of the town goes to the police department and says, those guys are stalking me. That's what he said. Yeah. Okay. You better at least make a phone call if you're a cop. Like, <laughs> like if you don't even make a phone call. you. So the fact that they called you, it irritates me. It was a form of intimidation. But I think they closed that loop and properly by saying... No more investigations. What you did was perfectly fine. I think that's a happy ending to that story. And, I'll, and you know what? I'm critical of cops very much these yep. days. I'll give that guy full marks. But two things, Ezra. One is, I really want to know what Patrick Brown said on his 911 call, or yeah. if it was a call to the yeah. police division yeah. directly. Um, was he saying some, I'm speculating now, I, I, I'm in fear of my life, you know, uh, these yeah. guys might be carjackers. Because if yeah. he did say a pack of lies, Ezra, Lincoln Jay caught on camera. His driver, when Lincoln Jay came out of the police uh, uh, station, his driver said, we know who the F you are. Well, of course they well, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would contradict yeah. Yeah. the old oh, the, the carjackers yeah. are after me. And um, and secondly, uh, maybe you want to throw to this clip. I'm not telling you how to run your show. Remember, I was arrested at the hockey arena for being on private property. You, so he's used the cops before. He has. And that's a very important part of the story because I just gave credit to the police for uh, writing you the proper layer, but letter. But after the hockey thing, five police cars, all sorts of private <laughs> security. You were arrested, handcuffed, put in a police car, yep. charged with trespass. Yep. And I remember, and I know that the fine for that was only like seventy dollars, something like that. Yeah. But I remember saying to you, "We'll spend seventy thousand if we have to, yep. going all the way to the Supreme Court because this is a B." And you know what? They dropped the ticket. They did. They dropped the ticket because the prosecutor said. There's no reasonable prospect of conviction. This was absolutely, th there was nothing here. Credit to the prosecutor for, for not going along with the farce, but Agreed. shame on those five cops who arrested you for that journalism. That's Iran-style stuff. Let's show a little bit of that. A dark day. I was I was there too, and I actually thought I might be arrested. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I, I took my wallet out and left it in my car. I took my watch. <laughs> like I thought, if I'm going to be arrested, I don't want to have any things on me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not being, but I was there and because they had harassed you so many times, I thought I better be there too. And I'm not going to bend the knee. They arrested you and not me. And uh, not that I want to be arrested, but if, if a journalist of Rebel News is going to be arrested, I should bloody well be there too. And the crime for standing on the parking lot oh, of yeah. a publicly funded yeah, yeah. community I don't center? know why they didn't arrest me and they only arrested you. And, I don't, and I'm not glad that they arrested you. 
But the prosecutor said, we're not going to go with this farce. Here, take a look. I have some terrible news to report. My friend and colleague, David Menzies, beloved by many um, public interest journalists, was just arrested. I'm telling you to leave. So you should leave. I think it's incredibly important that you know. I'm not talking. And I'm talking to you. He was there reporting on the corrupt mayor of the city, Patrick Brown. Are you ready to leave now? I am not, sir. I am here to. I'm going to help you off the property. That's all. He's under arrest. He's not under arrest. I swear to you that we will go through such a disclosure procedure and we will have every one of the officers there and we will answer the question, who made the order? to arrest a journalist doing public interest journalism on a public sidewalk. I'm not under arrest, so you can't touch me. Are you wanting to leave then? I am not. Well, he is the mayor of Brampton, at least in name. Of course, he's AWOL. Um, I agree with you. He's probably going to sue the party, and why not? He's got a lot of lawyers on this team, including Wally Solomon. Oh, yeah. Um, He's got no problem getting money. He's got no problem getting lawyers, and he's been humiliated by this. So I, I'm, I think he will sue. I don't think he'll pursue it because, like I said, when you sue someone, you have to disclose your records, yeah. and there's no way that Sneaky Patrick's going to do that. I, and I'm going to close how I opened, which is your journalism was a- excellent. Oh, thank you, I don't know if your journalism in itself was enough to disqualify him as a candidate. Yeah. Your journalism raised questions, but it didn't. Um, it was not determinative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not downplaying it in any way. I'm just saying... You couldn't say, I've watched the video, you're out. You'd have to at least start a conversation and, and with him and back and forth. Like, So it may have been your journalism. But with Patrick Brown, there's always four or five things on the go. You know, you're so right. I had a call just before the show. It was somebody close to city council. And he was talking about all the stuff happening in Brampton and with his leadership uh, campaign for the Conservative Party of Canada, Ezra. And what he said, he, he asked me, uh, do you watch The Simpsons? I said, sure. He says, do you remember that episode where Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and the doctor's conclusion is you have every possible disease in the book. <laughs> we don't even know where to begin, right? He says, that's Patrick Brown. There is so much stuff to get to. Uh, just in the last four years of how he's run that city as his own personal fiefdom, yeah. Ezra. And um, I think, uh, you know, there are some, some people saying, oh, this damages the brand of the Conservative Party of Canada. No, I say the opposite. No. Having that guy pretend he's a conservative, mm-hmm. that damages the brand. And I just want to say this. I hope Mr. Brody and I hope the party in the days ahead, Ezra, they come forward mm-hmm. and they give us the nitty gritty. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't, you know, the idea of using paid City of Brampton mm-hmm. staff that got him disqualified, um, then what was it? Yeah. Please show us. Yeah. Um, my preference would be for him to run and lose. Mm. And that way he's not the leader of the party and the party can say, yeah, we took his measure and we rejected him. Um, if he actually has broken a law, then I think it may be fitting what Ian Brody did. I never like it when some, and Patrick Brown called it a secret meeting, which mm. it surely was, and it's bizarre that the news came out at, after 11 p.m. But it's always better to let the voters decide, yeah, he's corrupt, throw the bum out, than have a, a small... And by the way, at least Patrick Brown could then say, well, I tried and gave it my best and I lost. So Patrick Brown would feel better losing that way than this way, which he'll always think I could have done it. And 
And the world would know that the conservative party members rejected Patrick Brown ethics. So I'm glad Patrick Brown is out, but I wish it had been that he was voted out. And although I think Patrick Brown is a terrible political leader, I do think he's corrupt. I do think he's sneaky. I, I have also an ounce of sympathy for the fact that he found out about this, as he said, in a midnight email yeah. in the media. And I don't have much time for Patrick Brown, but he has an ounce of an argument when he says this is due process. So um, a strange time, but let us not ling ling linger on him. I want to say that you did more journalism on Patrick Brown than all other media combined. It's a reminder of the importance that Rebel News never becomes a partisan shill. What I mean by that is that we love criticizing liberals. It's my hobby. And New Democrats and Greens and leftists. But we also must apply our standards to so-called conservatives. And we have. To Doug Ford. To Jason Kenney. To, to, Aaron, uh, to Aaron O'Toole. To Patrick Brown. And if Pierre Polyev wins the leadership, we must also hold him to account. In fact, it's more important that we hold conservatives to account for their principles than for us to go after a liberal. It's obvious. And he, it's it's dog bites man yeah. when we go after Justin Trudeau. Well, of course you're going after Trudeau. He's a lefty. But when we go after a conservative for ethical reasons or because he's not a real conservative, that's when it counts the most. And I think that's when we build the most trust with our viewers because they say, you guys are holding the line on your principles, even if you're shooting at someone called a conservative. I agree. I think we are the umpires behind home plate, Ezra. We're not PR meisters for anybody, uh, be they liberal or conservative. And I just want to say, I mean, I, I share your concern about, you know, it'd be nicer to have seen them voted out. But mm -hmm. then again, let's go back four years ago when Patrick Brown, who was the man who would be premier, mm -hmm. that famous January 2018 press conference, mm -hmm. less than six months uh, before the Ontario election, where he was made to walk the plank. And look at what he did. First of all, he campaigned before he became leader of the PC Party of Ontario mm -hmm. that he was going to tear down the radical uh, McGinty win sex education right. thing. And once he became leader, what did he do? He threw social conservatives under the bus. Yeah. Also, one of his first, I think it was the first speech he made as leader, he talked about introducing a made in Ontario carbon tax yeah. for a manufacturing province. Yeah. So he threw fiscal conservatives yeah. under the bus. So when there were no more conservatives to throw under the bus, mm -hmm. Ezra, um, the party threw him under the Greyhound. Yeah. What I'm getting at is these are self-inflicted wounds. Mm -hmm. I really think um, Patrick Brown is a sociopath. Yeah. I think he will do and say anything uh, to get ahead. And he has a weird leadership style in terms of dealing with people, he treats them like Kleenexes. You're very valuable when you've got a runny nose. Once I've used it or wiped my nose, you're garbage. Mm. And that's why we get these tips. The whistleblowers. He's made so many enemies. Yeah. And do you want this guy to be the prime minister? I want him again? nowhere near power. I want yeah. him nowhere, nowhere near public money. I want him nowhere near a position where he can give favors or take them away. I think he's uniquely unsuited for public life. And um, I also wish that the people of Brampton may have a better mayor, one who actually shows up for work. David, you've done great stuff well, thank here. Thank you so much, Ezra. There's been a very interesting, you know, not even 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how this ricochets through the party. What do the other candidates say or do they, do they try to woo Patrick Brown's 
um, voters, does Patrick Brown, in a hasty way, make an emergency application to a court to overturn things? Could be. I mean, we've done that before when we had a crisis, when Trudeau banned us from the leadership debates in an emergency basis. We went to the federal court and got it overturned. Maybe Patrick Brown's going to try and fight to get back in. I don't know. These are very interesting times. It's certainly not boring. Patrick Brown has blamed David and Lincoln and Rebel News. I don't accept the blame. It's Patrick Brown's own deeds that did him in. But I say that Rebel News, and in particular David Menzies and Lincoln Jay, who was with him on both investigations, did excellent public interest journalism that you did not find anywhere else. And I'm glad to see radio uh, callers remembered it. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back. Your letters to me, Pax Imperium, which, uh, which means imperial peace, says... It's absolutely ridiculous that she's in jail, referring to Tamara Leach, and being held there for breach of a non-communication condition, which actually is a breach of her rights as per the charter. Uh, I think it's outrageous she did not communicate uh, with that other gentleman. They were literally mouths closed, smiling, posing for a, a photo. I learned that it was an ordinary police officer who issued that national warrant and sent for her. They didn't get a legal opinion, which police often do when doing something exotic. And outrageously, the justice of the peace who heard the matter the other day is not even a lawyer. Now, I'm not saying you can't be a non-lawyer justice of the peace, but for a complex matter in the public eye, to give it to a junior um, justice of the peace who's not a lawyer to, uh, to rule, I feel is risky and dangerous. And it may explain why the Justice of the Peace wants three full days to think about it while Tamara Leach rots in jail instead of immediately releasing her and saying, I'll give you my reasons later. A lot of things wrong with this. Crushing all deceivers, I think that's a nickname, says, who in what body of government is responsible for the Arrive Can app? Well, there's no secret there. It's Justin Trudeau's government. He personally promoted it, and it's part of the... Um, border uh, system, which is part of uh, the public uh, safety portfolio. Um, I don't think it is about safety. I think it is about getting us used to being tracked and used to having our privacy invaded. Game Queen says, the facial hair makes Ezra look more distinguished. You know, I appreciate you saying that. I don't think it does. I think it, it's, it makes me look old. It makes me look like I don't have enough masculinity to actually fill it in. Um, I don't know why I'm doing it. My mom says I should shave it off. Um, I don't know what I'm waiting for, but uh, sorry, you have to look at me. Um, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, see you at home, keep fighting for freedom. Good night. You celebrate together the country that we love and share because Canada Day is Canadians Day. Isabel Ravelche for Rebel News. I'm here in Ottawa, Ontario. It's Canada Day and I'm here on Parliament Hill. There's tons of people out. And so I'm gonna go around and ask people if they think Justin Trudeau is doing a good job uniting the country or if they feel like it's divided. What brings you out here today? The same thing that always brings me here in Ottawa, man. Uh, standing up for freedom for all Canadians and equality under and before the law. That means no castes of citizens, not one group gets more rights than the other group. Everyone gets the same rights, bar none. I see that you're wearing some Rebel News merch. 
First of all, I came to celebrate Canada Day, but also uh, I am uh, part of the resistance. What do you call it, resistance? I, I am for freedom. The truckers gave us the opportunity to recognize that they weren't the only ones that were alone. They weren't alone, we weren't alone. So we need to exercise this, this freedom where we have and not allow the government to again to take it away from us. Do you feel that Canada is united or does it feel divided? He has been the most divisive Prime Minister we've seen in our lifetime. And it's just really sad that it's come to this point. Especially, you know, on Canada Day, we shouldn't have to be searching families just to go on Parliament. It feels divided. Um, I feel that right now a lot of Canadians are divided. Uh, although I'm not going to comment whether he's doing a good job or not. But um, I believe that, yes, Canadians are somewhat divided. Of course, there are some issues. I mean, we're trying to look at the positive side. Absolutely not. He's doing nothing to, to unite the country. As a matter of fact, he wants, he likes the separation. He likes the division. He likes to get people fighting against each other. And that way, they wouldn't pay attention to him and his malfeasances. You know, all the stuff that goes on in his life and all the things that he does to all the people. So, yeah, he doesn't really care about the actual people. He cares to be in power. He cares to do what he's doing now, traveling. You know, be a, be a. You know, he's he's really an actor in 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 disguise, right? You know, once you're divided, you can't stand against something. Divide and conquer, right? Exactly. That's exactly what he does. Yeah. He does a great job of breaking people apart. Definitely. You know, he tells a bunch of people that they're they don't they're not worth anything, and he's complete. Look at all of this right now. This never even should have happened, but. Yeah. Instead of talking to the truckers, he said, I'm going to vilify you and make you like you're some sort of subjugated little group. And now they are a group and now they're angry. Are you serious? Like he's called us misogynists and he's called us racists. And what was that? Uh, should we tolerate these people who take up space? Was that not something that came out of Germany or something like that by some kind of a, a genocidal maniac. Mais aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, qui souvent racistes aussi. C'est un, un, un une petite un petit groupe mais qui prend de la place. Et là, il faut faire un choix en tant que leader, en tant que pays. Est-ce qu'on Est-ce qu'on tolère ces gens-là ou est-ce qu'on dit, ben voyons, la plupart des gens, presque 80 % des Québécois, ont fait ce qu'il fallait faire, se sont fait vacciner, on veut revenir à, à, aux choses qu'on aime faire. We're in a bad place in this country, so we need to keep showing up. That's why I'm here. I'm going to keep showing up in peace, and I urge everyone to remain peaceful, no matter how upset you get, no, no matter how angry you are, please stay peaceful and come here, enjoy your country, exercise your rights, protected by our charter, protected by our Canadian Bill of Rights. Let me show that to you real quick. C44, 1960, still valid, federal legislation. This is right here. I'm sure they'll be getting in a $1,000 ticket. And I said, I don't care, you can take me because I love my country and I love my family and I, I love my fellow man.